0: It was the last raw-free weekend of 2019, and, well, at least we got a chance to look around the league and see what was going on, and thankfully there's still plenty to talk about on this edition of the Brisbane Football Review, which starts right now.
1: Time am down as the weeks trickle into days,
0: so you come in and put your back. Yes, the Brisbane Football Review is back as a trio this week. It's James Scott and Adam here, part of the Podular Media Network. And uh, you can get in contact with us, Review at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook, The Raw Review, we're still debating with Mr. Zuckerberg on that. Uh, Twitter, at BNE Football. Podcast is available available on Wooshka, iTunes, Spotify, and you also may be listening to us on our podcast replay on the FNR's Football Nation radios on your internets.
1: Adam, how are you? Happy birthday for yesterday. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, happy ge- birthday. Yeah, birthday. <laughs> it wasn't one of the most pleasant birthday being being sick, but yeah.
0: Well, I'm so glad that we're in close
2: proximity in a room <laughs> yeah. with you right now. <laughs> Scott, how are you? Yeah, Eddie? I'm just going to lean a little further away from Adam as he mentions that. <laughs> I'm good, James. How are you?
0: Oh, pretty good. It was a rare weekend without football for us, actually. Well, at least football that we have some sort of investment in. I think well, last time we had a weekend like that was... Not that long ago, because we've had NPL action to deal with, we've had the Raw preseason games, but yeah, as we just said, it's the last uh, Raw-free weekend for 2019 because when the Raw have their A-League bye on December 21st-ish, there's W-League action.
2: It's been a nice little break, actually, hasn't it? With uh, the away game last week for the Raw and the bye, and then yeah, it's been nice. A couple of weeks away from football, it's been good to do something different for a change.
0: I am starting to miss Suncorp Stadium, though. What about you, Adam?
1: Yeah, look, it's uh, been nice uh, having my Saturdays free for uh, watching horse racing and whatnot. So
0: good time of year for that. Yeah. So,
1: but uh, yeah, we're back into the swing Friday night, first home game at Suncorp Stadium,
0: and we're certainly looking forward to that. But first, well, instead of having a raw recap, we're going to go a little bit around the A League and just talk about what caught our eye from a weekend where we weren't blinded by the orange. I suppose. So first up, uh, Friday night was victory one, Wanderers two at Marvel Stadium, and. I got. It. I was really impressed with how the Wanderers played, Scott.
2: Yeah, they're, they're also a great start, aren't they? Season two wins from two, and they're bringing through a lot of young players from their academy. Nick Sullivan, who was in their academy but went overseas to Belgium and Portugal, I think he's back now. He had a fantastic game for them in the number 10 role on Friday night, and young Wilmering at left-back looks really good. I mean, Mo Adam as well is having great contributions, and it's great to see us here because it's always been called the hotbed of football, Western Sydney, and there's supposedly a lot of talent out in that region. It's good to see a lot of that now coming through wearing the red and black. And um,
0: When we say uh, hotbed of football, we mean the round ball football, not the oval ball football played on an oval.
2: Yeah,
1: that's exactly and it. It's, yeah, it's, it really it seems to be um, coming together for Marcus Babel at the moment. Um, they're, they're always certain that last, last season, the back end of the season, where they're starting to get good cohesion, you know, bringing the young players through, it looks like they've made a bit of a step forward. And, um yeah, look, uh, they, they're going to be on all the signs. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead up to a tantalising derby coming up this weekend.
0: Oh, man, that's going to be good. But, yeah, I think the Wanderers, yeah, that's definitely the story of the early season for me. They've gotten off to a really good start, 2-0. They're going to have a, their biggest game of the season with the home derby against Sydney FC. So they needed to
2: as well, didn't they? Yeah. With that home derby round three, the new stadium at Bank West. They really want, had to get off to a fast start there just to get fans back into that stadium. Yeah, certainly. And, look,
0: you know we're obviously watching it from about a, what 1000k distance or whatever but there's a lot to like there as well especially the fact that they are promoting young players from within as well and that strike from Bacus as well oh my god
2: it was also well set up by the young academy players all three of them from the academy the through ball from Sullivan the cutback from Mo Adam and the great finish from Keanu Bacus was fantastic bit of play
0: definitely and now there were a few uh Warning signs there for the victory It was a club that I think at least two of us picked to be the premiers this season Whoops yep. <laughs> But uh, we'll talk about them a little bit more in, in later on in the show When we're talking about the Raw uh, game on Friday night Because, well, let's be honest We haven't got a Raw game to recap So we've got to save some sort of filler for later on yep. um, Moving on to Saturday And it was two fantastic games to watch uh, all in all It was a pair of 1-1 draws Which thankfully distracted from what was the utter mess of the Wallabies game That I had to sit
2: through we should detour like just for a second. Let's see so you can get this out of your system. Oh Go on. God. Get it out of your system.
0: Look, Cheka had a fantastic run at the World Cup uh, 2015, and that brought him more grace than it should. Did enough. Can we move on?
2: Yeah, we can. That's, that's, that's plenty sure. of rugby discussion.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I was also trying to keep it PG as well, because, you know, <laughs> I think we only let Angela swear on the show. <laughs> and She's in Japan at the moment. Now, OK, we've got to talk about the big so- uh, storyline to come out of Western United, Perth glory, and that was... The Glory having to play in their training shirt because, according to them, Qantas lost the bag containing their uh, jerseys.
2: Yes, the phrase peak A-League gets thrown around a lot these days, but this might actually be. But look, in all seriousness, this can happen, right? This yeah. hap- How many people lose their luggage in transit every day? I, imagine I see that lot, on
0: Facebook quite a lot.
2: A lot. It can happen. It's not that it happens, it's just the optics of it. The league is trying to re-establish itself in the eyes of the general public, and having a team wearing a training kit during a game isn't the greatest look it's, it happens it's unfortunate but it's not the greatest look is it
1: it has to be it's one of these only in the A-League sort of things so, um, by the sounds of it, it's, it's, it sounds like occasion that you know it looks like the Perth have flown in um, morning of the game which uh, which to me itself is a bit a bit odd that uh, because I suppose if they flew the night before then you know if they had lost they could have got some extra tri- I, I'm not sure i, I I'm not sure when they flew in, but for it to come out at three o'clock in the afternoon, and say, oh, they've got to, they've got to play in the training, training gear. It's like, oh, geez So like, we, we had a good, we, I think yeah. all, across the league, we all had a good laugh at it. But oh, jeez, it's, it, <laughs> it, it be, doesn't help for the yeah. professionals in the league. Like, how many other sports in this, in this country can say, oh, that the training, the um, the playing kits have gone missing?
2: i have never seen that. It could very well be they did fly in the day before. They didn't realise it until hmm. the day of the game, and there's not may not been many flights from Perth to Melbourne that would have got there because they had the early kickoff as well don't forget I think 3pm local time down in Victoria so yeah, 4pm well, sorry 4, no but it, yeah 4pm
0: yeah. local time but well no it's even 5 o'clock but yeah. either way I okay I I'll grant it it's not a good look but the utterly defeatist self-loathing nature of A-League fans really rubbed me the wrong way on this and you guys can take your headsets off for a couple of minutes because I've got a proper rant I I genuinely hate the way that So many people say, look at the A-League, look at the A-League, it's so pathetic. And I was like, do you not watch anything other than, you know, the top six clubs in the Premier League? Because, like, the only in the A-League crap is just utterly ridiculous. Like, as I said, I've watched a lot of the Rugby World Cup, I've watched the Wallabies all year. Michael Hooper, the captain of the Wallabies, I don't know who printed on his number seven, it doesn't stay on. I I don't know who prints some of the... uh, puts the logos on some of the helmets in the NFL. They don't stay on. I see jerseys getting ripped all the time. And look, if you want to go back... Like, okay, once in 15 years, it happens with the A-League. I remember back uh, when the Melbourne Demons were selling their home games to the Lions because they needed the money. Uh, The Demons forgot their home kit and they had to try... Oh, they forgot their home shorts, I think. And were frantically trying to get around Brisbane and find... Uh, I think it was like well, how many are in an AFL match they scored 22 22 pairs of shorts to fit their players and they couldn't find them so they had to play in their away kit now that says a lot more about the preparation to have the away kit on hand but oh my god it's just get over it
2: and just bring it back to Brisbane I won't, we won't talk about what happened in January at QSAC but a couple of along with the shirt years, printing yeah but a few years ago they went down to Adelaide to try and play for the premiership in the third year they took the wrong 07, 08 kit 7 they took it the orange January. kit so it does happen yeah. these things do happen
0: I know, it just the self-loathing say, really yeah, the self-loathing just really needs to stop because it, it's just pathetic and you want to talk about helping grow the game like the Twitter mob or whatever you want to call it trying to jump on any and all failing is just utterly immature pathetic and frankly I'm horrendously I'm, sick
2: of it I'm going to get you to go through a task next week stay off soccer twitter Oh, do, yours, was,
0: do yourself a massive favour because that's where a lot w- of it starts. I would have loved to, but unfortunately for my day job, I actually had to go on Twitter on Saturday and just, I, and also the number of people who you know would have had a hand down their pants rummaging around with joy in at that stuff up. Just yeah. Anyway, the game itself was actually quite good. <laughs> it was actually, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Western United. They've got a couple of players who are just head and shoulders above the overall quality of the league.
2: That midfield of theirs is absolutely perfect. Jertek with Diamante and Kone combined absolutely beautifully. Some of the interplay between those three in the first two games has been absolutely sublime, and that's a real strength of theirs. I think we talked about last year with the Raw, they were a really old side, but the quality might not have been there. Two of these three have come straight from the top league in Italy, and I'm not sure, I think Jertek came from the Croatian league, but those but Diamante and Kone combined absolutely beautifully. And the goal that Kone scored was, oh, yeah, that, was that, that was that was that was probably strike. better than backus's goal for mine. Definitely, um, yeah, Adam. Yeah, look, um, yeah.
1: So, Western United, it's going to be hard hard to know where they sort of line up. You you have you have curve kind of concerns about you know the age of their, their you know their roster, but then again, you know what you can't you can't substitute quality, and that's Kone, um, Diamante and. And Eurech, like so they are, just they're quality players. So look, it, it'll like going to long term, you know, fifteen, twenty games a season. If they all stay fit and healthy, that's going to be the question. But at the moment, I think they're, they're worth watching. Yeah, that's it. All right, uh, F3 derby. That was
0: just an awesome game overall. Like Mariners, I honestly feel like they could have very easily have won it with the way they dominated that first half. But yeah, uh, Newcastle to their credit actually bounced back. I think you know that. I'm still tipping the Jets for the spoon, but I don't want to know what Ernie Merrick would say about me. <laughs> but overall, like, yeah, well done. It was like it was a really good game, and I do like. Okay, some of it might be a little bit manufactured, but I do like the fact that these two are going to the effort of trying to make this a proper rivalry again.
2: It is, and when it was like when they were both at their peak back in about ten years ago when they played in that grand final, this was a massive game in Australian football. And it was good. It's good to see that coming back a little bit actually, because. It is a massive game in that region, and it's not the biggest derby because we've obviously got now what three Melbourne derbies, or yeah. yeah, three, and a, the Sydney derby, another one to come. But it's a huge game in Australian football, and it was a good, great game to watch. Mariners with a great start, and the Mar- and then the Newcastle Jets pulled them back, and maybe they probably think they could have gone on and won the game in the end because they had some really good chances in the second half. And for these two clubs, it is their biggest game of the year.
1: Look, and that's I think the approach that both these clubs are going. If if sort of you know us you know pundits I guess uh, are are on the money about both Mariners and Newcastle about sort of struggling to you know play in finals football these are the games that they need to win you know and you put you invest everything emotionally and everything into those games because at the end of the day if you've got nothing else to play for at least you know you want to beat your local rival and looks like they're both both clubs at the moment they seem to be you know they're wanting to you know go hard but I think Mariners are just you know at the moment I think they're the unlucky story but but I think we also saw that last year as well when the start the season. Then eventually, it's almost like they they're prone to some failure almost that uh, that they get they get these setbacks. And the question is going to be with this side led by Alan Sajich, is that you know will they be able to overcome adversity or will they fall into the same old habits of previous seasons?
2: To me, it's self-inflicted some of these penalties that they can see. But back to the importance of the game, it's great to see Fox actually really prioritising this game, giving it the Saturday night primetime slot. In years past, it had been kind of able to. We'll just put that on the Sunday afternoon or the early game Saturday, but now it's got that... I think the last two, the one late in the season last year and now the first one this year, have been given the primetime Saturday night spot, which is good to see.
0: I do remember there was one uh, F3 derby, I think it might have been two seasons ago, that did get the primetime Saturday night spot and it finished 8-2 to the Jets. So <laughs> there is that. Uh, Melbourne City 2, Adelaide 1, Jamie McLaren is too good for this league. With all due respect to Melbourne City, someone needs to buy him. And... Like, and I mean overseas, an overseas club. That's well, the story. He's
2: been overseas plenty of times before. It's just whether he actually wants to challenge himself once again to go back overseas. But you're right, he is in red-hot form at the moment. He looks absolutely like he's level above this league with some of the... Not just his goals, some of his general play has been brilliant. Definitely. Uh, both teams, of course, had an eye on tonight's FFA Cup final, which by the time
0: you're listening to this will probably be well and truly underway. So whatever happens just pretend we predicted it
1: yeah, yeah look um yeah it's uh, mclaren i think he's a story at the moment yeah you know, he's he's yeah, uh, he's finding the goals you know through through the, through the cup you know now it's converted to the league um yeah look i'll be very surprised if he's still around in january and that's not because uh, anything other than you know good form is rewarded and you know, someone's come along and look if he's if he's you know the best in the league at the moment then he deserves it to go you know try to try again overseas
2: you imagine if somewhere like the K League or the Chinese League would be highly interested. if he's on 10 or 12 goals by January to Adam's point you'd imagine mm. like Adam Taggart was last year there were a queue of clubs Poor lining up for him you imagine Jamie mm. McLaren would be the same
1: no Adam Taggart has 17 goals in the K League so actually what well? we're talking
2: about uh, the league's in they you should say Antropos hopefully you can finish off the J League and I think they're Two points behind with three games to play Yokohama, so yeah, had a big win again at the weekend. So hopefully Ange can see the job through. Fingers crossed. Uh, final game. Still Australia's week. best coach.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh Final uh, game of the weekend. Uh, Sydney two, Wellington one. Uh, Wellington at least a scrappy this season.
1: Look, they're uh, they're giving it a go. Um, look, it's we knew that you know over time you know Ufuk you know was gonna sort of you know mould the side. Um, look, they're showing signs. It's just um, they just. It's not the complete package at the moment.
2: I was pleasantly surprised by that too. After about twenty minutes, when Brandon and he were think, oh here we go. This could be one of these typical Sydney three, four, five sort of games. But I thought Wellington were damn unlucky not to win this game with the chances they had. That they dominated the game what for about 20, 25 minutes in that second half. And but for some poor finishing, they really could have could have beaten Sydney here in this game. And a good, good, nice goal for Ryan Grant high-end Grant, calling him, him by his proper name. Him too, <laughs> to get the winner for them. And also, Kakacho's red card probably ended all hope for Wellington. But I think there was some really good aspects of play for here for Wellington. And when they do get their new striker up and running in the league, Gary Hooper, he, they could absolutely be a be a, be a dark horse in this competition, which is great because you don't want to see... I think we all picked Wellington to finish at the bottom, right? Tenth, I had them. Yeah, oh, I had the Jets We last. had them near the bottom. But hopefully, they're not just an absolute basket case like we've seen teams at the bottom be in the past. We want all 11 clubs to be competitive and so far for the first 10 games of the season every game's been competitive there hasn't been any real blowouts which is exactly what you want to see
1: yeah. I think that uh, that, that trio you know, of Hooper, Ball, and Davia. I think if that if that you know catches a lot, and they find they get some combinations, it's going to obviously take some time. You know, Gary Hooper's just is. Yeah, you know, I believe he's in Wellington. They'll unleash him against um, Perth Glory. You know, maybe it'll buy the bench. I don't know. have been keeping an eye on that too much. But uh, look, at some point, that they said. Well, I think we were sort of thinking that you know that Wellington they'll be languishing near the bomb, but then they're going to put together eventually, and they're going to they're going to really be you know a you know a speed bump for. a, sorry, a roadblock, I should say, for a lot of teams chasing finals football. I think anywhere from you know three, three downwards, It could go any way. Yep. All right. Turns out no raw
0: game. Still got plenty to talk about.
2: Hmm. God bless that? the A League. Yeah. There's always plenty to talk about with this league, isn't there?
0: Yeah. Boy, well, I really went off the rails in that rant, did I? Didn't I? It was good. Which one actually, the Wallabies or the Perth Jersey one?
2: Which Wallaby rant? They kind of blended into two there at a point.
0: Yeah. Anyway. We'll take a break, come back and talk about some of the news that's been going on. This is the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And we're back for segment two of the Brisbane Football Review for round three of the A-League. It's James Scott and Adam here on a Wednesday evening. It's been quite a nice day outside. Uh, listening to us on podcasts on wooshka itunes spotify stitcher leave us a rating and a review we always love the feedback and uh, or you might be listening to us on our uh on our other podcast home of football nation radio plenty of uh, con- good content on there a lot of fan podcasts as well so check that out footballnationradio.com i think.au google football nation radio you'll find it <laughs> go, go to the googles that's the important thing um Segment two, we're gonna go about the news right now and uh talk about some of the stories that have been going on. Last week we did mention Claire Polkinghorne had re-signed with the Brisbane Roar, and also a good uh time to remind everyone there is in fact a reason you put that hyphen in re-signed, because otherwise it's resigned and that carries a very, very different meaning. Grammar matters.
2: I you had you know, your rent in the first time. That's a big one for me. That the difference yeah. between re signed and resigned is massive when you yeah. think about it.
0: Yes. And you know, I know you've got to keep it on the Twitter character limit, but Find, grammar a, matters.
2: find another way to fit into the algorithm of Twitter
0: yep exactly anyway um, before I go off the rails again I just want to clarify uh, something we did mention last week with Liam and Alex uh, Pokemon will of course be back as a player for the Bruce Monroe, and she will also be serving as an assistant coach to Jake Goodship so I think player who's been around for quite a while going to put her experience to good use there
1: yeah look I think um, it's a logical step you know for her and also it keeps her involved in the club and it makes sure that she's one one club player in the W League because I think it'd be well, as far as W goes um, and look because I just I I cannot imagine her in any other shirt other than Orange so it's a, it's a good move and yeah and hopefully that especially there's been sort of a call out for you know more women coaches and all that I can't think of someone who's more experienced than Claire Polk in this, in this game at least in this city
2: It'd be great actually. Looking ahead five, ten years, see Claire Balkinghorn coaching the Brisbane Raw in the W League would be absolutely fantastic. And this is the first step towards that.
0: And one thing that actually wouldn't surprise me uh, is if she's involved in the NPLW campaign for the Raw next year as well, in some capacity, like presumably like coaching capacity. That is, because uh, I, yeah, I just.
2: That would depend if Claire's going to go back to play for Houston, is it? In yeah, It yeah, depends if she goes back over to the United States or not.
0: It is possible, but I remember like that was only something that's come up very, very recently as well. So it could be... There was a while there where she didn't go over, so it could be a case of if she's genuinely interested in coaching, that could be a way forward for her.
1: Yeah, look, it's... Um... Yeah, like I said, she she has stuck close to home for a while. Now business interests and think university as well, from from memory. So, yeah, she, she I think um I think so sort of the time is sort of limited for as far as you know playing overseas and all. So it's something to sort of you know, to look beyond that.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, the other big W League story to come out during the week was the W League draw finally being released. All of three weeks before the season starts, I think.
2: Oh, it's out of solid three weeks before the season. Plenty of time to plan. And prepare for it. Absolutely.
0: Uh, so it does begin mid-November, although for the Raw, they've got to wait a week longer than everyone else because they've got to buy. The first game is round two against uh, Melbourne Victory at Dolphin Stadium. And
2: I believe it's a Thursday night game, is it not? Is it It's Thursday, yeah.
0: the 21st of November. I actually get back from Fiji
2: about an hour before that one kicks off. So yeah, there no, is I'm,
1: that. I'm up in China, so... Good luck, Scott. Yep.
2: Oh, do you get back an hour before kickoff, did you say? The airport yep. is what? 25 minutes from
0: Dolphin Stadium? Unfortunately, I'll probably, be, I'll probably wind up getting uh, stuck with the guy with the rubber glove as he goes through my suitcase.
2: That's a terrible excuse. James will be there that night, <laughs> I guarantee it. <laughs> well, that guarantee that's... may or may not come true, but I personally guarantee it.
0: One game I definitely will be at, uh, Thursday the 28th of November, Roar against Western Sydney Wanderers at Lions Stadium. So the Roar splitting their home games between the two venues. It's four games at Lions FC, which we have been to plenty this NPL season and uh, they'll be there for four games during the W League season.
1: We are quite ourselves with that with that joint. I think we we uh, we do enjoy uh, a game at Lion Stadium. But yeah, look it's it's good that um it's good that they're, they're splitting it again and that, you know so obviously Thursday night is gonna be you know, there's gonna be the usual sort of complication of trying to get especially to Especially at six thirty. Six thirty kickoff especially it's gonna be but again it's a case of um, yeah, it's it maybe a little bit disappointing that there's no double headers um, as far as this, at SunCorp goes. But look, I don't think it's an entirely a bad thing to be honest.
2: If you listen to our interview with David Puro in the season preview, I think he mentioned that there's a couple of double headers up at Dolphin. Those two games are double headers, I believe. So I
0: don't think so because I don't think there are. I the I, night think game... a, I think there is
2: at least one double header up at Dolphin. I'm sure mm-hmm. he mentioned that. The
0: Thursday mm-hmm. night games I'm pretty sure are standalones. But let's just scroll. Because think the minute. Thursday
2: night games are for Fox, aren't they? Yeah, yes, Thursday. Yeah. Her- Thursday
0: night football. Uh, the no, it can't. Doesn't uh, look that way. It seems like the Dolphin Stadium ones are all standalones. Thursday the second of January against Melbourne City, and yeah. yeah, there we go. So we're breaking news to ourselves on this
2: show. It is interesting though because it's the first time in what five years the Raw haven't played a game at Suncorp, which I, I look. I understand it because they've deci- The Raw have decided that we want the W League to stand on its own. Two feet. And you think back to the crowd they had up at Dolphin for the semi-final against Sydney FC. It's absolutely the right decision. If you can get six, 7,000 people to pack out Dolphin or even Lion Stadium, that's absolutely the best way to go. Definitely. I think, yeah, Dolphin is a fantastic venue. If they could get something vaguely similar
0: to that, maybe around the Bowen Hills area, I think we'd all be very, very happy with that. But the point about Lion Stadium, though, is if you live on a train line, you've really got no excuse to not go because... Well, it's right near uh, the station at Richlands.
1: It is, yeah. It's, uh, just across uh, the uh, beginner section, you're at the line. Just look for the gold line out front.
0: And cross uh, responsibly with the traffic lights as well. <laughs> yes. So, n- no no jaywalking. Anyway, yeah, so overall, look, we've still got a lot to unfold in terms of the Raw squad, and we will get into it with our dedicated W League season it's preview. Well, it's doing. about
2: 10, 11 players now, isn't it? So there's still a fair few to players be to be announced.
1: Two
0: of those players that uh, were announced came from NPLW as well.
1: Yeah, look, um, Meg Meg oh no, sorry, Meg Gall, Riley um, Basin. So, Riley, Riley Basin, sorry, and um, and Claire Farrington. So they have both been rewarded with very very good seasons. Uh, and yeah, look, uh, Riley Basin. It'll be very very interesting to see how she goes. Like she she was, you know, with along with Tegan Riding, probably the best the best Joe player in in the in the NPLW Queensland this season. And um, Look, I think that combination. You know, obviously Ree would have experience playing with Alira You know, that that could be that could be anything. I think that's one to watch. I think certainly you know have high hopes on it.
0: And that's one thing that uh, you know we've been saying about the Raw W League squad in general is goal. Like, who's their out and out goal scorer? And I think coming off that season that uh, Basin had is there's a massive uh, you know opportunity for her there. If he can come in and start scoring right from the outset, combining with Toby that could that could be a pretty decent combination it as could well. be
2: absolutely because Alira Toby has been the focal point and a lot of pressure has been on Alira to score the goals in the W League side because the last couple of years the, the forwards who have been brought in haven't quite delivered to the number of goals that you would necessarily like so it's been a lot of pressure put on Alira Toby and the likes of the wingers as well so you hopefully Riley Basin can come in and score the goal score some goals but I'm I'm pretty confident she'll get the chance to I'm, I'm pretty I'm Shuma- Riley may not be the first choice striker in the squad, but certainly coming off the bench I could see so you're having a massive impact over the course of the season. There's
1: definitely goals as well, you know, just beyond uh, this the front three as well. You know, obviously you have Tamiki Yalop and you've got Katrina Gauri who are certainly capable of scoring certain goals out of midfield. So, and, we, and we don't know who that, that number 10 is going to be yet. You know, is it going to be Yuki Nakasato? Is it going to be back or is it going to be someone else? So there's there's still a lot to unpack as far as, you know, the look of this Brisbane Raw squad going forward. So it's hard to know, but look, at good, you know, good on... Um, them to giving uh, Riley base and also Claire Farrington, who's going to have to, you know, I'm not sure if he should be the first choice uh, central defender, but obviously replacing Jenna McCormick, and that's a big hole. There's going to gonna be a spot there, isn't there? Mm. It may
2: very, may very well be that Claire Farrington gets that chance. It may be that there's another player to come in, we don't know yet. Yeah. And also getting to learn from, as we mentioned before, Claire Polkinghorn
0: yep. as well. And, you know, there may be a small issue there if you've got Claire Polkinghorn and Claire Farrington. If someone's yelling, Claire, go there, what happens if both of them go in the same way?
2: It would be interesting. Wow, that it really
0: fell flat. It would be an interesting. It'd yeah. be,
2: look, it'd be good to see, wouldn't it? Yeah. I was playing
0: in a team that had three Jameses in it. It was really confusing. <laughs> James, come to the ball. I'm on the bench. Oh. Anyway, uh, Matilda's Olympic qualification path has been set. They're playing China, Thailand, and Chinese Taipei in Group B. Top two qualify for a two-legged playoff to determine the Tokyo 2020 participants. And the Matilda's really have to make it, pretty much.
2: Yeah, after the somewhat disappointing campaign at the World Cup, bouncing back at the Olympics is... It, they have to get there for a starting point. They absolutely have to be. If they don't get there, it's a massive, massive disappointment. Yep. It's, I think I think these games are played after the final round of the regular season and then before the semi-finals. So there's an international break there built into the season, which is good to see because this squad will be about 80% filled of W League-based talent. And if you're going to take players out of semi-finals, that would be... Awful. I know there's players who are now playing overseas in Europe which is a great thing but the majority of this squad will be coming from the W league
1: yeah and look this is this is not no uh, easy feat you know going to China um, looking at the other teams in the group look China's type pay they should be fairly easily but look China at home and you know Thailand, who's an emerging power um, just just to get get out of the group and get into those two-legged plus it's going to take a fair effort and then to cross over um, yeah, you know, it, it's yeah.
2: Look, if you have to cross over with North Korea, that could be very difficult poor. because they are a strong team in women's football as well. And getting to North Korea can be very, very difficult. It, go ahead, go ahead, no. go on, James.
0: <laughs> well, if based on the World Cup qualifier against South Korea, at least they won't have a home crowd advantage.
2: I'm just looking yeah. for some missiles flying over after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're well, recording from a secret bump, bunker here in Brisbane. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, don't yeah, tell no, him Brisbane. It could, no, we're not in Brisbane. We're in um. Switch, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Liam.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, so... Look, I wouldn't be... I even even look at that group... Um, yeah, they, they're going to have to play... You know, it's five... It's five games to, um, to Tokyo. That's what the Rose did. But it's certainly not going to be an easy path.
0: Definitely. All right, we're going to move on to some uh, local football filler right now and talk about some of the NPL transfer news. Now, we've found out that one player is going to NPL in uh, 2020. We're just not sure where in NPL he will wind up and Enrique, who you may remember from his days scoring a couple of winning goals in Brisbane Roar's A-League Grand Finals he's decided he's playing in the NPL after a couple of months of being a coach
2: I think he'll have plenty of options, won't he? Uh, you I can't imagine be- there's many NPL clubs like nah, we don't need to have Enrique in our squad I feel like the Brisbane Roar youth might say that I think if they could get away with fielding him, they would do it. <laughs> but look, it's, it's great for the league, isn't it? To have a player like Enrique coming in and providing ex- his experience to some young players throughout the NPL, adding some quality to the league, some interest from from non-NPL fans who think, oh, Enrique, I'll go and watch him play. It adds a lot to the league. I think it's going to be great. I'm intrigued to see who he's going to play for, but I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic.
1: Oh, I love it. I, I think you MPL know, Queensland. You know, I think it's it's getting better and better. Obviously, you're seeing a lot of these players that are giving back. Michael Thwait, um, re-sign, re uh, resigned today for to go around again next season. So he he will um, certainly you know, keep uh, Gold Coast United really sort of you know, strong as well. And that that derby against the, against the Knights. Of the, Grand Final with, that That's going to be a great game. But yeah, look on to Enrique. Um, yeah, it'll be a lottery where he ends up. Um Look, uh, but wherever he does go, he's going to add something to that club and an overall into the league.
2: Well, Whatever club it is, he probably makes that club a contender to make the finals. Because so I think he'll score plenty of goals.
0: Yeah, I think he's got that knack for being in the right place at the right time, especially late in a game.
2: If yeah. he's coming on as a, I know he hates this word, super sub. I don't think he'll be doing super sub work in the NPL. He might get that into the contract. No, I start. <laughs> <laughs> he probably could ask for it. Although,
0: in in all honesty, we, out of all the diminutive diminutive ex-Brisbane role players to go running around in NPL next season, I honestly thought Matt Mackay would be the first one to be announced. He, oh, well, very, he
2: very well may do so. You never know. We, yeah. we did talk about it on the show at yeah. the end of last season. We thought that both Matt Mackay and Enrique would play a couple of years in the NPL. Hopefully they do.
0: Yeah, because I think that, that was something that I know had been like I've heard mentioned to me a few times, just around the ground saying, Oh well, Mackay could very easily run around and quite clearly dominate uh, NPL if you want to.
1: absolutely he could, you know, a lot and that's the thing is that's what's that's what's so great about seeing these these retired professional players come back and play in the NPL. Look, they may be they may be getting on age, but there's still there's enough experience there that even you know that a couple of years beyond that, they're still adding quality leave and what's more important, the star power and the name. Yeah. Now I said and when you go see a honorary or something like that, you might see a couple of superstars that could be, you know, that you think maybe could you know, go on to in the future, especially, you know, with raw Youth or, you know, a the other players, you've got some rising yeah. stars in this league, then exposure also comes from having eyeballs on these on these
2: past players. And again the the Good traits that these players learn in their professional clubs, training, etc., that they can pass on. So yeah. You get guys like Matt Smith, the things that he would yeah. have learned, not just at Brisbane, but what he would have learned over in Thailand. Absolutely. that's what you can pass on. So he's playing centre back for Gold Coast, Knights next to Oscar Dillon. The, the the lessons that he could teach Oscar Dillon about how to position yourself as a centre back would be absolutely fantastic. Well, we we said that and Oscar we, Dillon ever yeah. since
1: Matt Smith came, it made him a much better player. Yeah. We had him pegged as the grand as the player of the yeah. grand final, and that that's just that short time imagine what happens you know, over, over pre-season and sort of in the next season So, and this is what these these returning players bring
0: of course Matt McKay might be too busy making everyone feel horrendously unathletic because uh, just double checking he uh, did do the Gold Coast Marathon just a few months after retiring in
2: 3 hours and 28 minutes Whoa. that's it's... an hour
0: and 7 minutes faster than my best time So, just I, was... The... <laughs> I was going to ask you
2: how much it was in your time <laughs> yeah
0: so big difference between professional athlete and amateur podcaster yeah <laughs> Yeah, so well,
2: That's about four hours slower, than faster than my best time would be, so I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> but still an hour and uh, 30 odd minutes sl- uh, f- slower than Elliot Kipchoge, so
0: that guy's a freak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was insane. <laughs> yep, that's... Anyway, some of the other uh, NPL transfers we did just want to mention, Sam Smith to Gold Coast United, Daniel Leck, the ex-Raw, I don't think we want to call him uh, Utilities, right winger slash right midfielder, uh, he's gone to Olympic, that's... A going to give them a really yes. good option on that opposite flank to uh, Jez
2: Lofthouse as well. Absolutely. That's a huge pickup for Olympic. A uh, natural winger on the right-hand side to complement Jez Lofthouse on the left. And I think Adam mentioned earlier Sam Smith going to Gold Coast United from the Knights. That's going to set the blue touch paper on that derby. That was already mm. a fiery contest when they met both times last year. You start taking Key players from one side to the other that's only going to go to the next level. That's going to be so much fun.
0: We'll have to uh, keep an eye out on more signings as they get announced and hopefully the draw, which I think came out mid December last year.
2: I'm not sure when it was, but I remember up in Redcliffe when it came out and spent most of the game actually looking through through the draw. Yeah, Yeah, it was a W League uh,
0: Raw Wanderers game, which
2: because we had Angela next to us as well from uh, at the
0: time the women's game, and she was frankly going through, working out. Okay, which games am I going to be at? <laughs> so yeah, that was that. Um, yeah, well. and a uh, NP- couple of MPLW transfers as well. Ski Hannafin to, Hannafin to coach Calabar in 2020.
1: Big signing that. that um, is, yeah, that's a big I, game. Look, I think it's a bit of a story to to that why um, he left Morton Bay. Just I haven't, I haven't spoken to Hannah or anything like that, but just from just a couple of things that've been said or not been said. So if you read between the lines, um, but. Look, look at the positive of that look Capalbar were a decent team um, as it was last season I think he definitely has something to build on look I, I, I put Kapalabar up there as a sort of contenders you know next season
0: they did kind of fall off at the end of last mm-hmm. season as well I think just injuries yeah. really caught up mm-hmm. with them there oh,
1: losing losing their their top strike and victory lines that, that hurt them at the end of the day so uh, look but then again you know they can they'll come back stronger next season
2: interesting what happens at Morton Bay though because we saw Meg McGilligan has left to go to the Logan Lightning as well so there seems to be a bit of an exodus at Morton Bay United which is a great shame because that was a they were a great side this year we've seen obviously Riley Basin as well gone to the Raw so I doubt I'm not convinced that she'll be back there next year either so it's a bit of an exodus going on at Walter Park which is a shame because they had a great season last year making it to the Grand Final before losing to Lions,
1: yeah. And look, and the thing, and I did, and while sort of alluded to before, is that when they were advertising the women's head coaching role, the one thing that stuck out to me was that they're sort of saying that they want a coach that can bring it forward, you know, you know, develop developing, you know, younger players, um, which which sort of spells out that you know, Morton Bay may be spending a year or two developing their their young players to so, you know to get them up to a senior level, which means that you know they they could fall away as far as I certainly, I. Extremely doubt that they will be contending top four this year. Wrong that strategy though Absolutely, but it's a if you can bring through game.
2: players from your local community, giving them yeah. a, le- a test at the highest level in the state. That's that's a win. Yeah, no, no, Which, yeah, no it no, can it be done. We saw Western Pride basically yeah. take a whole team that they brought through to win the grand yeah. final as well. So it can be done. I think
1: looking at the positive of that is that they're looking at the longer term, longer term rather than sort of results straight away. I think this is the one season where you know Morton Bay through everything, at trying to win a win a grand final, they fell just short. I think now it's time for them to rebuild their stock.
0: It does kind of say something though about Capalaba. Uh, Football Queensland have just announced the no- four nominees for the twenty nineteen NPLW Coach of the Year award. Um, one of them was Dan Baker from Capalaba. So yeah, that's
1: um, interesting. Yeah, I didn't didn't uh, catch why Dan Baker left. So that's
2: another interesting one.
0: I uh, could he could honestly have just been a case of yeah. a perceived upgrade became available and yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. That's just. All I think those awards
2: are coming up. On in the next couple of weeks as well. Aren't they? The Football on Queensland the awards. So keep first, an eye out for those.
0: Yeah, first weekend in November, I'm pretty sure. The second. So keep an eye on the FQ channels for that. And yep. yeah, I like to say, I'm just ready for next season to start. Uh, the FFA Cup final is kicking off now-ish. Let's say. Um, quick tip: I'm going City.
2: City, Adelaide at home.
0: The cup specialists. And also, I had a quick look this uh this afternoon at work the host has never lost the FFA Cup final interesting it, I think it's
2: almost a sell as well I saw that there's only a couple hundred seats available that, that was, was this the, morning yeah, yeah so I again it's, it's gonna be a great close. occasion at Cooper Stadium there in Adelaide they've been spoilt with these FFA cups over the last five six years I think they're going to get the job done again yeah, no I no
1: I think uh city and I think Jay mcLaren is going to star again
2: entirely possible I
0: look, the FFA Cup is just fun isn't it like, it is. It's. It's it's, like, it's a competition that you really enjoy, and it does kind of help you get excited for the A League season, and it also does kind of. It's a reminder of what football can be if it's given the right opportunities to grow.
1: Yeah, look, and just just stop, stop, uh, you know, me playing a draw and have an open draw, and we'll all be happy. Cause that's a, yeah, I think it's about the only thing that that. Um, that sort of the public at the moment, the for at least the football in public at the moment, you know, what I dislike about the FFA Cup is that it's a player draw. You get, you get an open draw, and I think most people be happy.
2: And from a Queensland perspective, this has been by far our best year in the in the FFA Cup. What five out of the six teams got through the first round, and the only reason it wasn't six is because two of them played each other. Four hmm. of the five. Four of the five. Sorry, yeah. yeah. So and four of the five got through, and only and obviously, two, um, Coomera and Magpies played themselves, so you can't. Expect both to get through that, but it was a great year for Queensland, obviously with Strikers, with their terrific run through the semi-finals as well.
0: Definitely, and I think the big thing that really had got them undone, funnily enough, was taking such an early lead in the semi-final. But I think you know Owen Baker and uh, everyone at Perry Park really acquitted themselves quite nicely. So I think there's a lot to build on, and I know we do definitely want an open draw. But if the Roar and Strikers happen to make it to the quarter-finals next year, just you know, put th- those two balls in the freezer or something for an hour before the draw
2: <laughs> just give us what we want Raw versus Strikers at Perry Park in hindsight they should have done it this year when both matches the round of 16, that's when it should have happened I want well. the
0: quarterfinal. That's my, that's my that I feel like is the perfect round for the local NPL club taking on the A-League side because the A-League side should be really gearing up for the season by then and the NPL club if their league four matches the cup run will be in finals So it's it's the perfect time for me
2: Anyway, I we'll think... try and manufacture that for you,
0: somehow. Yeah. Anyway, well, we'll see how we go. We've got a lot to look forward to in local football as well, so um, I think that'll do us for the new segment. We'll be back to talk about this Friday's game between the Roar and Melbourne victory at Suncorp Stadium. This is the Brisbane Football Review, and we'll be back after this.
1: You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this.
0: And we're back on the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here for segment three of our three segment show today, and we do actually have some breaking news that uh, came about just while we were finishing off recording segment two. And it's Fraser Hills has won the Mike Cockrell Medal for the standout NPL play in the FFA Cup. Uh, Fraser had a fantastic um, campaign with Brisbane Strikers as they made the semi-finals, so we should
2: all say congratulations, Fraser. So it's a thoroughly well deserved award, isn't it? He was brilliant, and particularly in that, se- that quarter final they played.
1: Yeah, I He think... was
2: absolutely brilliant that game. With with a goal and an assist with Ryan Palmer. He was one of the best players on the field that night.
1: Yeah, and one-time guest on our post-game show as well. So congratulations, Fraser Hills, for um, yeah being being named the standout NPL player. James season.
2: may not remember that. That was one of our NPL Saturday night specials, which obviously you didn't listen to based on the look on your face. No, I
0: was actually trying to remember, was it that post-game that we also reused for the FFA Cup preview show? So I did remember, so I'm just going to flip you off right now audio medium James <laughs> I know so that's why I made sure I mentioned that I was flipping you off <laughs> but yeah I think yeah I was trying to remember if we'd use that audio for the um
2: I think that might have been Michael McGowan actually I can't remember anyway, that. anyway this, that is, this is going way off topic congratulations Fraser
0: yes that's right um probably a bad time to also say you can leave a uh, rating on the podcast on one of our channels as well <laughs> now you want a rating <laughs> I always want ratings as long as they're five stars <laughs> Anyway, yes. Yeah, so um, very pleased you're with us here on this Wednesday evening as we're recording or whenever you're listening to us. Now, for segment three, we are going to go into our usual final segment discussion and talk about the Raw against Melbourne victory. This Friday night, it'll be nice to be back at Suncourt Stadium for the first time in, I think, about four and a half months. I think the last time I was there was for the Wallabies uh, test against Argentina so
1: games actually count exactly
0: yeah well I'm, ho- I'm hoping this one also sees a much better performance from the home side it is of course the first home <laughs> A-League game for Robbie Fowler and well, pretty much every uh, starting eleven member of the Raw yeah. save for a Conor
2: O'Toole maybe pretty much I mean and Stephen Mork as well wouldn't and played Stephen Mork it. yes it's interesting because Joe O'Shea did a media op during the week and he was asked about playing at Cycles. I've never been there before I'm yep. really looking forward to getting there they, I think they're training there on Thursday morning before the game on Friday night which is probably going to be the first time the majority of the squad actually go out in the field there so it, it'll be it's interesting isn't it yeah I think so I feel that's, that's the uniqueness of a whole new squad yeah
1: it's good it's, uh, it's scary to think that uh, there'd be more players in their, in their victory squad that play the Suncorp more than the home as side, the home side. <laughs> As so well, So yeah, it's like one of those anomalies, but look, at the end of the day, you know, they're at home, they'll be, they're wearing orange, and the, uh, the crowd will be cheering for them.
2: Well, when you get all your recruitment out of Brisbane, it's not hard to have that many players. You've played up here, think think They got Leighton Brooks <laughs> today at the Youth League, so there's another one for you. Yeah,
0: yeah. A, a popular favourite of the new Victory Academy director, I think. Yeah, Drew Sherman, Academy yeah. director, yeah. I wanted to get his title right, and also should point out Drew Sherman also took that well-worn path from <laughs> Brisbane to Melbourne. Funny
2: that. We should make a list to be a whole podcast on its own just a list of people who've moved from Brisbane Royal to Melbourne Victory
0: you can do that for the episode that Adam and I are both away for which will be coming in about a month
1: and uh, yeah I think that sounds about right Adam you have, yeah you have crab lost to whatever you want that
2: show uh, m- within you've, reason you've just made a whole can of worms open right there <laughs> well, you're in trouble now no, there right. may not be a show for you to come back to with those sort of statements
0: oh that's Fair comforting <laughs> so, it wa- so I might have blown up a studio once you'll have blown up the whole show I think that's much worse it's fitting, isn't it? Yeah. And what's Adam going to do? Just sit there and smile.
1: Oh, I was going to say, I <laughs> spend more time overseas. I do it. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so.
0: yeah, so that's right. We are actually anyway, looking forward to preview, this game on Friday preview. night. Yep. Six thirty kickoff. So I think it, like these earlier kickoffs, I I get why they've done them. And look, you know, I'm going to get there no matter what. It's just a case of, you know, is it is it convenient enough for the people who much prefer games to be played in their own backyards at. 3... It's 3.47 and only lasts for 15 minutes before they have to get dinner ready. Look,
2: it's not the most convenient time, but you mentioned what it's been since April to the they've had a home game at Suncorp. Surely the fans will be there for this game. I imagine they will. Look, Melbourne Victory is always one of the highest drawing games of the season anyway. I can't imagine they'll be less than 10,000. They're probably pushing closer to 15, I would hope.
0: I would say less than 15,000 should be considered a failure.
1: Yeah, look, I I, I think it'd be probably 12, 12 and a half I think it's a different demographic. I think it's not a case... It's not, it does, you know does lend to say that you know it's the families will struggle to come to the game but then it also pumps the demographics you know for those you know i guess the younger people that you know want to go after work that want to go out uh, clubbing or you know go to a pub or whatever so i think that's where this sort the of, market appeal goes but look i sort of mentioned on i can't remember where it was uh social about what about why don't they have an eight thirty time slot you now and look it has been done before no, well, they have a couple be, of late Friday be, games in Perth. Yeah, so I mean, is that why can't I? I'd, I'd almost say I'd be interested to see whether that would be more receptive, you know, for having an eight thirty game on a Friday night than we'll be having that 6.30 game. Now, at least it'll eliminate the whole, uh you know, it's struggle to get it there after work. You know, it's you know all these other they can go have dinner before the game and whatnot. So I just wonder. Like at the end of the day, that's um, that's up to Fox who do who does the scheduling, but. Look, I just wonder that you know whether they can work, and it. And we've have had you know a couple of you know late games at Suncorp in The Australia v China was one that comes by the Asian Cup, and that that was like a nine o'clock kickoff or something, something like that. Yeah, it was. It was it that was a full house as well. So actually, I don't think yeah. I didn't affect the crowd at all that night. Oh, <laughs> that
2: was also the prime time of holidays. Not just school, but I think it also yeah. work holidays as well. Hmm. And also I should point out I am pretty sure I was in New Orleans for that game, so what
0: do I remember about yeah. the kickoff time?
2: Actually I think the last World Cup qualified Brisbane hosted against Japan way back in the day. I think that was a late kickoff. I think yeah. it was I that was eight yeah. thirty. That was a late kickoff. Because I'm well. pretty sure that was done
0: for the Asian T V markets yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. But look, at the end of the day, if you wanna go to the if you want to go to these games, you're gonna make the effort. That that's, that's the important happened. thing. Yeah. It's, it's one thing to say okay you know it's I'm a little bit rushed getting there and whatnot or it might not perfectly fit in with my schedule but it, it, there's got to be an effort on there's got to be an onus on you to make some sort of effort where and the reason why I say 15,000 should be the absolute minimum for this this is one of those reasons why you hired Robbie Fowler as coach like Let's let's not sugarcoat it. Commercial interest did play a part in that role. And look, I'm totally fine with that because let's be honest, the A League needs every single commercial boost it can get. And look, I know we're gonna probably see quite a few Liverpool jerseys there with Fowler 9 on the back. But at this point, can you really afford to be picky and choosy about who comes into the stadium?
1: Obviously you know that you now where my allegiances is lie, but you no know what Everton. Who cares? who cares because you know, at the end of the day Robbie Fowler is the most marketable thing that the Raw have at the moment so they need to use that to the maximum effect um, and look you know, at the end of the day I prefer that. like you know, I said that they come in orange and whatnot. but you know, well, if it's going to get bums on the seats then you know, so be it look, don't care what they wear
2: you know my legends as well great draw on Monday morning <laughs> very happy with that but also you see, you, you see European jerseys around the alley grounds anyway that's not a new phenomenon you see them they were there in the first year. They're going to be there in 10 years' time. Unfortunately, it's just the way it is. You're going to see those jerseys anyway.
0: I think this may also set a record for mentions of this of this particular team as well. But go back to the O5 World Cup qualifier against Uruguay. There were, I think, the ratio of Wallabies jerseys to Socceroos jerseys was about four to one in that crowd as well. Wouldn't
2: so, it all be surprising because that was almost the crossover, wasn't yeah. it? Who was the the nation's favourite favourite international football team?
0: Yeah, definitely. But they. I just think at the moment, like you may as well make full use of what you've got, and if that means you know you've got to get you know the Liverpool Supporters Club of Brisbane in, or you know you've just got to get a whole bunch of you know people who are just going to spend the whole time chanting six times, six times, six times, six times. as long as they're not in the den, I'll be fine, or what's left of the den. But Is there a den? Yeah, we'll see. Either way, I like... can say
2: so much right now, but I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll That's leave. a whole separate podcast. Oh, yeah.
0: But look. This is yeah. It's at Towncork Stadium. It's a central location. You've got plenty of
2: options around there. Just go. Like, I'm sure all of our audience will go. You don't. You're not sitting 45 minutes to a podcast thinking, oh, "I won't go." Yeah. On Friday, I think all the people listening will go. But hopefully, the, the general public of Brisbane does go because again, they were going the, back to the actual football. They played quite well over in Perth. In they definitely one. did. And, and there's reason to be optimistic going into this game as well.
0: And on that point as well. That's also where, okay, you use the name Robbie Fowler and, you know, the Robbie Fowler brand to get people there, but then it's on the team to actually keep them there and get them coming back in, what, four weeks or whatever, when or three weeks when they're playing uh, Melbourne City at Dolphin Stadium for the next home game. That's the important thing. You use the Fowler brand to get people in, and then you use the raw
1: play to keep them there. Look I think that's what that's the whole marketing plan, I think, is that, you know, get we Fowler to get them in the door then but the team has got to show up and keep them in the door. And that's the that, that's the main thing, you know look at at the end of the day, you know, that's the one the big challenge for the Raw is that, you know, they, they, they look dude, to be honest they the first half against Perth wasn't great, but you know, obviously you've got to pay for their resilience and fight. And and look victory, you know, they, they have been they have been struggling the last couple of weeks but you know, like I said, they always seem to show up, you know, against okay. Brisbane.
2: Before we get into the game, I was also looking. The raw did not go down the path you mentioned, James, of promoting foul and getting people through the door that way. They've gone with the new start of a new era. So which, they've, I they've decided, decided to make it more of. about the actual. On the whole, club, we're going in a new direction, which is interesting. But anyway, and that's enough about marketing.
0: No, no, no. no. I, 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 get that. I just think you know, you may as well make full use of what you've got. Um, yeah
2: I, Talk about actual games Shouldn't we
0: Yeah I Well I do feel like The crowds are a part of it Because as we've Talked about And we're probably going to Save for another show When we You know Have a bit more time To get into this But you know You want to talk about The TV ratings I think this is Where the impotence impetus lies on the clubs To get a lot more people Into the ground Because Like A decent In-stadium experience And getting more people there Helps the broadcast A great broadcast Doesn't help In-stadium experience And that's first and foremost so I think it is important to give people a reason to go.
1: And I think that was one of the things I promised by, you know, having the independent A-League was that the in-stadium experience, you know, being controlled by clubs, you know, was supposed to be, you know, better than what the FFA or under the FFA banner was supposed to be. So, look, it may be a bit too soon to see because obviously with the rushed sort of, you know, independence, but obviously that's something that, you know, we need to be looking forward to because the sport has got to choose. Are they are they an in-stadium experience sport? Are they TV experience sport? You know, and that's... And That's like I said. If you look at it one way or another, if you look from a TV point of view, oh boy, they're in trouble. But you no, know, it's not. Not all hope is lost yet.
0: But let's see what, um, yeah, let's see what they do this season because I don't think you can jump to conclusions and start panicking after two rounds. Let's see where they are at round twenty-two. That's it. Um, so the RAW, they've had the weekend off. They've been able to sit back and watch. And the big thing I've taken away, like right, I've seen a decent amount of pretty much every team, and I feel like on on. Average, The Raw are still probably a class below the top teams in the competition so far. But I honestly feel like on their day, if they're firing, they can beat anybody.
2: I also think we're trying to find out exactly who are the top teams. Cause we have Melbourne Victory as well on the top teams. Or well, the top teams on paper, yeah, I mean. And so far, they don't appear to be that way. But with the Raw, I think there's some good aspects to the way they played in Round 1 against Perth. There's some things they probably need to clean up as well. I'm sure... Robbie Fowler said as much in his post-game press conference last week but you're right there's a lot to be optimistic about for the Raw in this game the one thing I'm interested in we talked about last week was all the crosses that were put in and looking ahead to the game against victory if they're going to go with a similar tactic surely you have to give Aaron and Marty Holloway more than about five minutes Yeah. if think... he's not going to stay he's got to come on up to about 60 minutes and you can use that tactic then because I don't think they really worked well those crosses until he came on because Roy O'Donovan is as good as he is in the penalty area that's not his game. He's not really the sort of striker you're going to put the ball in the box to in the air and tell him to get on the end of it that's not his go. And so if you're going to yeah. play that way you've got to get Aaron and Marty Holloway involved more.
0: And pairing him with Brad Inman who you know is a fantastic player to play just off the yeah. leading striker I don't think he, he he's not the sort of guy who will make that run in and win a contested header.
1: Yeah, look it's it's two different styles they're going with, you know, Inman to definitely to sort of bring a yeah. different sort of, you know, strike partner to Roy O'Donovan as were Aaron and Marty Holloway and I think, I think you know, to Scott's point I absolutely agree with him that, that you know what you've got to play to what you've got there's no point to bombing crosses in to two guys that you know that you know that really will not struggle especially against you know against a tall tallest you know, Melbourne Victory backline
0: I, I want to see a better game plan than what uh, Holger Osick had for Socceroos versus Thailand at Suncorp Stadium and I want to say 2011,
2: 2012. Oh, for, geez, that was awful.
0: With Tim Cahill and Alex, Bro- oh, was it Tim Cahill and Josh uh, Kennedy leading the line that time?
2: I know bros came on to much applause from the Queensland crowd. We we're all so thrilled to see him play. <laughs>
0: I think they were just glad. I think they were just glad to see someone else coming on after what was a fairly ineffectual strikers'
2: performance. Back to the crosses again. We hadn't seen this approach from the Royal all pre-season, so it may very well have been right. They've been identified in Perth that mm-hmm. it's a weakness. Maybe they're not. Maybe it was just that, and they're going to go back to what. They play more often against victory But if they are going to go with those crosses I think Aaron and Marty Holloway has to be a big part of that plan
0: Definitely And I think what we've seen as well Like that quick uh, short sharp ball movement That we saw all throughout pre-season I feel like this midfield really could take advantage Of a victory side that has been yet to click In the middle of the park
2: Yeah, Their midfield has been pretty average Um, Dobras in particular has been pretty ordinary I think he's received a fair bit of criticism from the Victory Faithful, and I think it's pretty warranted. Look, it's dangerous saying that three days before the Raw play them, of course, because he could turn out to have a great game, but so far he hasn't quite delivered, and that midfield has been the victory's weakness, and the Raw have a very, very strong winfield, which they've recruited heavily in, you think about the players they've brought in there. It could be a big... Big strengths for the raw in this game.
1: I think simply whoever wins the midfield wins the game. You say that about nine out of ten games, but this one, this one's special. Not much else for them to go on. Raw coming off a bye, um, victory surprisingly. You know, you know, no wins yet so far this season. So I think that's where it comes down. The midfield. You know, whoever dominates and it dominates the midfield is end, end up going to win this game.
0: Yep, that's pretty much it. I think yeah, this is going to be a really interesting game. One thing that we have seen though, like we haven't seen uh, many blowouts yet this season, so I wouldn't be surprised if this game finishes possibly 1-1 or possibly 1-0, because I think it's going to be a real war of attrition. That is, one thing that we are seeing so far from the Raw this year, obviously last year there were shipping goals, like, oh, just for fun, I suppose. But this time around, they do look a lot more solid at the back, and you also put this on the run sheet, Scott. Would you bring in Jack Hingett for this game?
2: Well, he's been training. That's why I thought is he possibly going to be added onto the extended bench. It, might, it would be a fantastic team involved in the squad. I think it's still a couple of weeks away, but i it'll be great to see him. and to your point as all well about just being a close game yes we've seen a bunch of 5-0s in this fixture both ways in recent times I'm with you I think this is going to be a really really close game with probably only one goal in it
0: I won't mention what I've tipped uh, in the preview for my day job
1: yeah look I think it's going to be a close game as well as I said you know, it's going to be one of those games where you know one goal could decide it all really um Yeah, like I said, there's not much form at the moment to go by. And uh, I think it might be just a moment, you know, either of brilliance or madness that could decide this one. But at the end of the day, as I said before, the midfield, that holds all the keys for both sides.
0: Yep, definitely. And I do think the Royal have that midfield to do it. Um, Before we give our final thoughts on this game, I just want to quickly run through the other fixtures this weekend. Newcastle, Adelaide, uh, Sydney derby at Bankwest, both on Saturday. Sunday, it's a distance derby, Wellington against Perth and then Western United playing its first Melbourne derby against Melbourne City.
2: I'm really intrigued by that last one, actually, Western United-Melbourne City, because they are probably the two smaller clubs in Melbourne, if you like, in terms of support. The little brother derby. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see how that actually plays out in terms of interest, because we're going to see that again next year when Macarthur come in. I think that the established Sydney-Melbourne derbies will remain as the bigger derbies, if you like, but I'm intrigued to see how these secondary derbies go, because there was a lot put on that saying, this is what we need as a league to... Create interest. This is the first test of it.
0: We've got four of the five games uh, this weekend as some sort of derby. Obviously, Sydney derby, distance derby, little brother derby, and you've also got the Southeast Queensland derby
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> between the roar and victory. Absolutely, got yeah. I
2: got it. I got it. Yeah, it's this is where you're
0: supposed to laugh because just staring blankly doesn't really work.
1: Look, yeah, for, but for mine, yeah, but the the Sydney derby, the original. Sydney Derby, I guess you call it. That's the game that stands out. You know, full House at Bank West, um, both teams in form. Um, that, look, I think that's going to be a great game. Yeah, that's going
2: to be so much it fun. It could actually be the game that really kick-starts the public interest in the yeah. league. So if you get a Full House here, great atmosphere and a good game, it could be the thing that sparks a catalyst for the rest of the league going forward.
0: And it is going to also further the arguments for these, more, uh, these smaller boutique stadiums as well for A-League clubs. Anyway, back to Friday night. It's first game of the round, so we're going to do the uh, short, sharp finish to the show, which I'm only just making up as, you know, as a segment as we're sort of going along. So, Scott, on Friday night, we're going to see...
2: A one nil win to Brisbane.
1: Adam,
0: the story of the game will be...
1: Uh, I think it's going to be a star mate, and I think yeah, both sides will come out with a point.
0: 1-1 draw or nil-nil draw?
1: Uh, i mean a one all
0: I'm thinking 1-1 one, one draw as well. I think I, I do think this is a much better Raw side, and I think Victory, while they are probably a more talented side on paper, they look like they're still finding their way under Marco Kurtz. And I think th- I think Raw fans are going to leave this one feeling pretty happy taking a point off the big bad Melbourne victory.
2: He's under pressure too, actually, Marco Kurtz. If he doesn't win this game, that, that, that's a club that does not yeah. does not tolerate a, a run of outs like oh, yeah. this very often. And as a new manager as well, he could be under some real Just pressure off. if they don't Just win this game. Just
1: Okay,
0: on a scale of 1 to 10, if this goes really bad, I'm talking like uh, Postacoglu's return to Brisbane bad, 5-0, if this goes really, really badly for Melbourne Victory, what are the odds we see someone in a Victory Blazer walking up to Kevin Musket with a contract in hand?
2: Uh, 0% for this week. But if, they get, if that happens against Raw, and then they play Western United next week and they get beaten again, I think they might be sending Marco Kurz on his way.
0: I think, that, I think it's way too early for that I just think
2: they're the sort of club which doesn't tolerate being anywhere near the bottom of the table for a sustained period of time
0: certainly alright I think that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review
2: thank you Scott thank you Adam thanks guys good to see you against James Adam again happy birthday Adam yep thank you so see you Friday night
0: yeah looking forward to it it's going to be a fantastic night hope to see you all at Suncorp Stadium we will we be seeing you Friday night you'll be I'll be there but I'll be um, yeah, yeah happy. if you see yeah. James say hi to him he'll yep. love that yeah
1: and, Please and, we, do and wish him a happy birthday
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm 30 on Friday night. Oh, happy birthday as well. Yeah, I'm not going to be panicking at all. <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah, going to be a good night. I think we're looking forward to it. And, yeah, thanks for listening to this show as well. It's been a Podular Media production, and we'll be back next week to talk about it all again. This is Brisbane Football Review. Thanks for listening.